Train, eat, repeat. The knowledge and know-how you need to live well. Here's your host, Tyler Ferrand. Hello, everyone, and welcome back into Train, Eat, Repeat. As we are recording this episode, we are one day away from Christmas Eve and Christmas Day is two days away. Just wanted to say to all of you out there, Happy Hanukkah, Merry Christmas, and Happy Kwanzaa. Whatever you're celebrating, we hope that you're with family and friends and that you're enjoying your time with them because after all, that's what it's all about. So this week's episode, we are going to be talking about metabolic age. What exactly is metabolic age? We'll get into more details, but essentially feeling younger than you at what actually shows on your driver's license. But before we get into that, We want to make sure that you guys are aware of our Jumpstart program. It's going to kick off January 1st. It is a community-based program where you can get involved, not only lose weight, but have a community that you can rely on, learn everything around nutrition, exercise, and proper mindfulness skills in order to build an otherwise toolbox of skills that you can use later on in your life. And people have just had a great experience in our reset program, which is just wrapping up this week. And our Jumpstart program is going to be starting soon. I'm really excited. Yeah, for sure. And some of the feedback that we've been getting is that people have uh, taken all the education that they've received from this program and put it into their lifestyle and made it a true habit, whether or not they're conquering each workout, but they're actually moving each day, being uh, noticeable be noticeably mindful about what they're eating and as well as taking time for themselves. And some people have been able to fit in jeans that they haven't fit in in a long time. People are, are walking a lot more than they used to. People are noticing that their butts look smaller and a little tighter, all these good things that they're noticing. So it's a great opportunity to jump on. If you're looking to say goodbye to 2020 and hello to 2021 with a great start, you get three workouts, three strength training workouts a week with two active recoveries, whether Pilates or mobility, a lot of nutrition information, a cookbook, a recipe guideline, um, handful or um, portion control, um, a lot of different things. You get a private Facebook group with accountability and encouragement from all the other people that are doing the same program. Yeah, and super excited. And we are making some changes too, because obviously we got a lot of feedback from the reset program. And so we're really excited to start implementing some of those. Um, And again, the whole point around the program is that it is not a challenge. Mm -hmm. So many challenges start the beginning January 1st. And what ends up happening? You do the challenge, you see results. And then three months later, you look back and it's like, I never did a challenge to begin with. So that is not the point here. The point is to get connected, number one, to a great community of individuals to help support you in your goals and also learn from two really knowledgeable coaches on what it takes to have sustainable exercise, mindfulness, and nutrition practices in place. Right. And if you want a taste of that, we're doing our Saturday sweat sessions on Facebook Live at 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time on Saturday. This uh, coming Saturday is our last one for the year. That's pretty sad stuff. We actually have enjoyed it quite a bit. If you guys tuned in last week, we wore Santa hats and had on Christmas music and um, just had a good old time. I'm actually surprised that my elf hat actually stayed on. I was telling Andrea, we were doing kettlebell swings and the top, the little ball was smacking me in the face every time and I was just waiting for it to fly off. So uh, I, don't, I think we're, we're not going to don those hats because it will be after Christmas yeah, on Saturday. Yeah, yeah. But make sure you guys tune in on my Facebook page. Again, Tyler. 
F as in Frank, A-R-R-A-N-T, and you guys can tune in. And we leave those workouts up for 30 days mm-hmm. from the time that we record them. So if you're looking for a really quick hit style with weights workout and 15 minutes of mm-hmm. Pilates to start off your day, all you have to do is go to my page, interact, let us know what you think. So uh, let's jump into the episode today. So we talked. I was talked about how we we're going to be speaking on metabolic age. And at the end of the day, I feel like most people, whether it's why you want to lose weight, you want to fit into a pair of jeans, maybe you want to have more energy to play with your kids, all of those goals point towards wanting to find that fountain of youth, to feel younger or feel like you did in your 20s mm-hmm. and maybe you're in your 40s now, mm-hmm. or feel like you're in your 30s and maybe you're in your 60s now. Mm-hmm. And so simply put, I look at it as taking all life and environmental factors, including some key metrics like body fat percentage, weight, BMI, to determine how old you are from a metabolic standpoint. Now, what that means is, is that you may feel and or look older than you are. So while most people say, you know, they want to lose weight and things like that, Uh what they're all getting down to is they want to look and feel younger. Absolutely. You want to, we notice that when we look in the mirror, when we get out of bed in the morning, things creak and are a little bit sore that they used to, they were not before. Or you look in the mirror and you're noticing that you're looking tired and, you know, just drawn out. And you're always looking to say, you know, figure out what that magic pill is to make me feel and look younger. Um, Why not take control of those things? that you have control over to help you make you feel and look younger. So a lot of people want to lose weight and they think that's what their answer is or fit into that pair of clothes that you were in the back of your closet that you can't fit into anymore. Um, But why not have more energy and feel youthful again? And the way we do that really is, is looking at some core principles, you know, to reverse that old age, you know, and I put that in quotation marks, but to achieve the body and the state of mind that you desire, because people will say, well, it's just old age or it's genetics or, you know, it was my upbringing. Obviously, those are things that you can't control. Right. There are a lot of things that you can control Mm -hmm. that are well within your reach and well within your willpower and, and your ability in order to start feeling younger. And so first we focus on just like our our, our training program sort of touts is is the training aspect mm-hmm. first. Mm-hmm. And really, when it comes down to it, I don't think there's any more important exercise or type of exercise when it comes to making sure you feel younger than strength training. Absolutely. As we've said before in our many podcasts before, is that strength training, lifting weights is going to be the one thing that changes and molds the shape of your body. Um, cardio, running, walking, those are, are great activities, but those are activities to increase your cardio cardiovascular. That's for your heart. Your heart is a muscle. It's not going to help you reshape your body. It will help you lose weight, but it's not going to make you look thinner than you are. Well, and and just beyond looks too, we know for a fact via science that every year after 35, I'm at 35, you're past 35, (laughs) right? Is that we lose a percentage of muscle Mm -hmm. mass every year. Mm -hmm. And it gets harder and harder to keep that muscle mass on your body. Right. And important for a couple reasons. Number one, we know that your body's more metabolically active Mm -hmm. with the more muscle mass that you have. What does that mean in layman's terms? Simply means you're actually able to eat more calories the Mm -hmm. more lean tissue you have on your frame. Mm -hmm. And for you women out there that are saying, well, I don't want more lean tissue because that's going to make me bulky. Mm, No, no, not at all. I mean, if you could see... 
if you could see any women that lift weights, I mean, you have to have, we have the testosterone of a 10 year old. We are not going to get bulky and we're not going to look like we're a bodybuilder by just simply lifting weights. Uh, It's going to help you look thinner and leaner and stronger. Um, You're going to look more athletically built. Fat takes up less space than, I mean, sorry, muscle takes up less space than fat. So it's going to give you more of a leaner appearance. And as Tyler said, if you have more muscle on your body, you're going to burn more calories throughout the day. So therefore you get to eat more as well. And I think the other important piece too, is that as we age, how much lean tissue you have on your frame greatly affects your bone density. And so, especially for women who deal with like osteoporosis, osteoarthritis, as you're getting closer towards that, that, you know, yesteryear, look towards your later years in your life, you know, you definitely want to make sure that you keep as much lean tissue on your body at a younger age. Mm -hmm. So that way it's much easier to maintain as you move forward. Mm -hmm. Now you talked a little bit about cardiovascular work and cardiovascular work is Mm -hmm. very important for, for numerous reasons, Mm -hmm. but more so just movement in general. And what we find is, is that as we age, most individuals end up becoming more sedentary Mm -hmm. because of their job, because Mm -hmm. of the fact that they're so stressed out after a long day of work. The last thing you want to do is work out. Right. But moving is so important for people. Yeah. Even, I mean, we sit at a desk all day long. So we drive into work, sit at a desk for eight hours, drive home. So let's say you're driving to work is a half hour and your drive home is a half hour. That's nine hours of sitting. You need to get up and move around. We're so rounded and our posture is so rounded that getting up just every couple, getting up every hour, every hour for five to 10 minutes and walking around, taking the stairs, parking a little bit further away from where you might be going if you're going to the grocery store or wherever, or parking a little bit further away in the parking lot at work, just so you can get a couple more steps in goes a long, long way. And I think what you'll notice too is that those small things that you do add up to a lot of calories. Mm-hmm. Like we'll take the dogs for a walk, mm-hmm. turn on our Apple Watch, and by the time we get done with like a two-mile walk, it's almost like 200 calories for yeah. me yeah. at least. And so if you add that up, you go on two walks a day, yep. that's an extra 400 calories, that could be a smaller meal yeah. that essentially you're burning off. Now, I get it. It's not apples to apples. But the whole point is, is that you will feel better and you will recover faster from your workout. So when you feel aches and pains, don't think it's because of old age Mm -hmm. or you need to stretch a little bit more. That might be the case. But it's probably because you're not moving enough either. Your bodies were meant to move. Absolutely. I mean, I put on my Facebook post today, uh, my clients, uh, a couple of my clients had some life events that had happened and they weren't able to meet with me for training. And I got a text from one of them the other day and said, you know, I really need to meet today because I'm sore from lack of movement. Um, We have over 600 muscles in our bodies that require some type of movement throughout the day. Getting up every every hour for a couple minutes at least does a world of good. You start to get sedentary and your joints start and your bones, you know, you're sitting there and everything's just going to decompress and you just need to move so that way you feel better, not only physically, but mentally. For sure. So then... We also have to take a look at nutrition when it comes down to reducing your metabolic age, right? So Mm -hmm. feeling younger because Mm -hmm. what you eat and what you put in your body has a great impact on how you feel mentally, how Mm -hmm. you feel physically. Mm -hmm. Um, And the first thing that we sort of tout and, and sort of promote in order to do this is to eat a nutrient dense, minimally processed processed foods. Mm-hmm. So eat minimally processed foods that are nutrient dense. Now, what do you mean by nutriently dense? Okay. So when we talk about like 
uh, fast food, fried, processed, things out of boxes, things out of cans. What we know about that food is obviously it will add inches to your body, right? It's Mm -hmm. very calorically dense, Mm -hmm. but not very nutrient dense. So Mm -hmm. what nutrient density means is that it's packed with vitamins, minerals, those things that our body needs in order to function properly. Mm -hmm. So many people are nutrient deficient Mm -hmm. in multiple areas. So like vitamin D is pretty common. A B complex is pretty common. Vitamin C is pretty common. And the reason why you're not getting those nutrients is because your diet doesn't support getting those nutrients from food. Mm -hmm. And so the goal then is to eat a minimally processed, nutrient-dense foods. Now, what you'll realize is that you actually will be able to eat more Mm -hmm. because you're not eating something that's calorically dense, and you'll actually feel better and have better digestion Mm -hmm. too. Mm -hmm. So if you are, so a lot of times, a lot of clients are like, well, it was my upbringing. This is what I'm used to, or I'm a picky eater. I don't really like those type of things. Start branching out and start trying to layer your foods with different vegetables. You know, spend some time in the produce area and pick up a vegetable that you haven't tried before and prepare it, saute it, you know, boil it, roast it, whatever it might be. Try different ways of uh, layering in different uh, vegetables and different flavors into your foods, spices, salts and peppers, those type of things that'll help you flavor those foods. And you'll realize that your palate changes and that these foods taste a lot better. But putting those good foods into your body, you'll start to feel a lot better and you'll start to want to do it more often because you start to feel better and better. And the thing that Andrea just touched on is that we tend to be creatures of habit when it comes to what we eat. So like on a Monday through Friday, obviously, you know, logically you're you're tasked with so many different to-dos, right? Mm-hmm. And so many things that are taking up that that sort of thinking that you need to do throughout the week. So the last thing you want to do is, you know, think, okay, what am I eat for dinner? So right. what do you do? You grab something really quickly. Right. So we had a client inside of our reset program that had the same problem, that he was eating a lot of the same foods, wasn't really branching out, eating the rain bow, if you will, in terms right. of eating vegetables. So all I said to him, and it's something that you and I practice pretty frequently, we'll pick out a recipe for one night, mm-hmm. we'll make it. If it's really good, it constantly ends up back in our rotation, right? right. right? So like we made those sweet potato black bean enchiladas. Yeah. I can't tell you how many times <laughs> we've made those. Now, it's not every week, right. but I would say like every month we have it at least once, but it's something very easy. We know we we love it. We know we can throw it together easily. We know it's packed with tons of nutrients. Mm-hmm. It's filling mm-hmm. from the fiber and the oh, beans. Yeah. Um And that's another benefit, too, of eating minimally processed foods Mm -hmm. is you're getting a lot more fiber. Mm -hmm. And fiber is something that people drastically Mm -hmm. undereat. And again, your fiber sources are going to be fruits, vegetables, your legumes, Mm -hmm. your beans. Mm -hmm. And so those things also aid with digestion, help you to feel better. Because the truth of the matter is, if you're feeling foggy brained, you're low on energy, um, you have achy joints. Mm-hmm. All of those can be byproducts of what you're putting yeah, into your body. For sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So going with a, a minimally processed meal. And yes, it does take time. But as you start to get into this habit of cooking your foods and really looking at the recipes and making those foods on your own, you're going to have leftovers. And then you can make bigger batches of them. So you can take it for lunch the next day and then have dinner ready for the night or something, you know, something like that, where you can make like a big thing of rice and some chicken breasts or some uh, sauteed vegetables vegetables and, you know, put them off to the side with some beans and then throw it all together. And that's why in our uh, 
programs, specifically our one-on-one programs, what we try to teach people is to do more ingredient prep. Mm -hmm. Having those minimally processed ingredients Mm -hmm. at the ready. So it makes your time to prepare dinner much shorter Mm -hmm. and to ensure that you're learning what your plate should include. Mm -hmm. That it's it's colors of the rainbow. It's it's all the right macronutrients when you're talking about proteins, carbs, and fats. And it's ensuring that your body is getting fed those nutrients and vitamins that Mm -hmm. your body needs in Mm -hmm. order to function properly. And a lot of times people say, well, I can't go all organic because it's too expensive. You can. You you don't have to buy everything organic. There's the dirty dozen out there that tells you all the different fruits and vegetables that you should buy organically. I just did a a food prep for two plant-based meals and it made six meals each. So I had 12 meals. It's a white bean burger with sweet potatoes and Mexican quinoa. And I still have them in my fridge. I'm trying to eat them as fast as I can, but it made 12 different meals and it was under $26. So it's, it's possible. And they tasted good too. Mm -hmm. Like I've told you guys on the last podcast, I'm a flexitarian, (laughs) so I still eat meat, but I ate it for lunch one day Mm -hmm. and I was satisfied. I wasn't overly like full and Mm -hmm. bloated. Mm -hmm. So super clean ingredients. And again, $25 Mm -hmm. for that many meals, Mm -hmm. like that's definitely doable. It just takes some practice Mm -hmm. and or getting with a coach like Andrea and I to show you the way. Absolutely. The other major piece, and this has gotten a lot of press uh, over the, like, I would say even the last decades or so. But to me, in terms of aging, because we talk about we're trying to reverse that age, is protein. Mm-hmm. Protein to me is one of the most important macronutrients, you know, compared to carbs, compared to fats, for the simple reason that, number one, eating too much protein will not get stored as fat. So we really, and that means that we're eating like a good lean source of protein, mm-hmm. right? Like we're not eating, you know, fried foods, mm-hmm. things like that, mm-hmm. because the fried part is not the protein component. Right. But what you have to know about protein is that as we age, we talked about how we lose a percentage of muscle mass every year after 35. It also means that your need for more protein actually goes up mm-hmm. as you age as well, mm-hmm. because protein synthesis slows down. Mm-hmm. And protein synthesis is one of the major players in ensuring that you have optimal muscle mass for your frame. It's beneficial for you to have protein in the morning, protein at lunch, and protein at dinner. And you can find those different sources throughout the day. But making sure you have those, it's going to keep you fuller longer. You're not going to feel like you're hungry at uh, at 10 o'clock because you had a bagel for breakfast. So making sure that you have good sources of protein for breakfast. I a lot of times put uh, protein powder in my coffee just to get it right off the bat if I'm running throughout the whole day and I'm having a busy day. But making sure you're getting those sources is beneficial in the long run because it's going to help you keep your lean muscle on and help you build that more muscle as you go. And and you made a great point. And you can experiment with this, but everybody can relate to the fact that they've gone out on a Sunday. I've done it before. Had pancakes for breakfast. You feel stuffed, Mm. overfilled. Tired, you want a nap. Exactly. And then what ends up happening, you're You're hungry hungry two hours later. (laughs) I just ate a huge stack of pancakes and yet I'm hungry again. And the reason why is that those carbohydrates are not as satin Mm -hmm. or keep you satisfied as long as a protein, rich protein source will. Mm -hmm. And so that's why when we're talking with clients, typically we'll say we prioritize protein 
and vegetable intake before you go into any other macronutrient, before you go into your carbs and your starches and and your fats and everything like that, because it's going to help keep you fuller longer. Right. And we're not saying that you have to stay away from everything. I, I mean, you can enjoy pancakes in moderation on Sunday, but have a protein with it. Don't have a whole stack of pancakes. Have maybe some eggs, you know, and then have a pancake on the side type of thing. That way you're going to be fuller longer and not chasing that that hunger throughout the day. Yeah, and you can start small. We understand that that habit change is hard. Yeah. Just think, I need at least a palm size of protein at each meal. Mm-hmm. Just start with that. Yep. And see how your hunger s- signals change. Yep. See how your even your, maybe your palate changes yeah. and how you feel after meals. The other piece too, which we is always big for everybody, to, regardless of age, is hydration. Oh yeah. Um. So many people underestimate how much water. Or overestimate how much water they yeah, they actually yeah, drink, right? Yeah, you were yeah. talking the other day, like yeah, I'll I'll have a client, I'll be like, how how, how much water do you drink? And they're like, oh, I drink a lot of water, and I'm like, oh, okay, well, my definition of a lot and your definition of a lot might be different. What what's a lot of water? And they'll say, well, I drink two of these um, sixteen ounce jugs a day, and I'm like, okay, that's what you should get before you leave the house to go to work. You know, you need to have a lot of water, and you can get water from different sources, not just you know out of your water bottle, but from the fruits and vegetables that you're eating as well. So if you're increasing your fruits and fruit fruits and vegetables, not only is it fiber, but you're also putting water water back into your system too. Yeah, and big for a couple reasons. So if you are under hydrated, so dehydrated, it can lead to constipation, reduce mental performance, fatigue, um, and overeating too, mm-hmm. because a lot of times people think they're hungry, but they're actually thirsty. Yeah. So, you know, drinking two glasses of water as you wake in the mm-hmm. morning actually gets that metabolism started. And also, too, drinking a big glass of water before you have a big meal oh, sure. is also helpful, sure. too. A lot of times I tell my clients, they're like, well, I snack all day long. And I'm like, well, that you might be actually be thirsty and not hungry because your first sign of dehydration is your body's looking for food. And that's it's looking for water to put back into your system. You're not actually thirsty. You're actually hungry. So before you reach for a snack, why not have a glass of water first, then check in and see if you're hungry and then go ahead and proceed. And you definitely should be drinking more water and more fluids, period, if you take any prescriptions. Oh, yeah. Because one of the major side effects of prescription use is the fact is dehydration. Mm -hmm. So like, you know, and and how much I hate telling people how much they should drink because they end up you know, drowning pounding, themselves. <laughs> drowning themselves because you can be overhydrated. So when we talk about like, how do I know if I'm dehydrated or not? Besides having yeah. dry mouth, take a look at your urine. So if your urine is like a pale yellow, and I mean like real pale, like almost borderline clear, you're hydrated. If it's clear, that means you're overhydrated, which actually can be a bad thing. Mm-hmm. And then when you start to go the opposite direction, when you start getting into like yellow, dark yellow, brown, like you are severely dehydrated. So that's just a a good like visual cue. But one of the best visual cues you can use to make it a habit is just to carry around Mm -hmm. a reusable water bottle. The more you carry that thing with you everywhere, it's a gentle reminder Mm because even I will go, you know, two or three hours working in my office or training people and I haven't had any water. Mm-hmm. And then you realize, wow, yeah, I'm really I thirsty. Catch up. Yeah. So a lot of times people, um, 
like we've said before, they don't drink enough water. But if you're on prescriptions, you should drink a lot of water. And also, even though it's cold out right now, it's cold here in Michigan, we are not conscious about how much water we're drinking because we're not sweating as much and we're cold. So putting something cold in your body is kind of counter productive because you want to stay warm. So you can drink teas. Uh, green tea is a great um, tea to drink because it's also an appetite suppressant as well. Um, so go ahead and have some hot green tea and that's that can be part of your water source throughout the day as well. So if you remember anything to reduce your metabolic age, the things you want to focus on is eat a nutrient-dense, minimally processed diet. You want to put an emphasis on protein at each meal and you want to hydrate like it's your job. Okay, so let's talk about sort of the mindfulness pieces. And we put a huge emphasis on this because people don't realize how much of an impact stress has on your body Mm -hmm. and it can literally age people. And we probably in one of the best examples, I think, is take a look at at any high profile coach in any of the sports leagues. Mm -hmm. When you look at them and or or like a president. Oh, I was just going to say, take a look at President Obama when he first started and then when he stopped. Yeah. When he wasn't. And there's only eight years between there. Right. So it wasn't like it's it was like decades, but it looks like he just got worn down from Mm -hmm. the inside. Mm -hmm. And a lot of that has to be attributed to Mm -hmm. the stress. Mm -hmm. And so the best things you can do is to try and get some of these practices put in place. So that way it's not aging you from the inside out. Mm -hmm. And one of the first things we look at is reduce your stressors. Now, easier said than done. We get that. Well, and there's never not going to be stress. Right, right. right? But just knowing how to handle that when it comes your way is going to help you greatly. And one of the best things that you can do is first identify what it is that is stressing you out. Mm -hmm. A lot of people aren't even aware. So we talked last week about the stress bot and Mm -hmm. talked about symptoms Mm -hmm. and things to to look out for. So if you haven't listened to that podcast, make sure you go back and listen to like the last like, I think it's like the last five or 10 minutes of that podcast. So how do we do that, though? Well, first of all, you you control your environment. Mm -hmm. People put themselves in stressful situations without even really knowing Mm it or they just don't see any other way around it, mm-hmm. really. Mm-hmm. So the first thing you do is is look at the place you live, people you hang out with, places you eat, shutting off your phone. Yeah. You know, like even that creates stress from the inside out. How how many people have the habit of when they first wake up in the morning, you roll over and grab your phone, go to whatever social media platform that you're on and start scrolling through? Now, that's a horrible way to wake up. Your mind is already on. Why not keep your phone down? You know, maybe glance at it in case you want to make sure everything's okay. Or if you're expecting a call, glance at it, leave it in your bedroom, get up, get your couple glasses of water, maybe sit down, open up your favorite book, read a couple passages, whatever it might be, and then look at your phone in more of a controlled, reactive or proactive type of environment. Yeah, and we've talked about a, a proactive versus reactive mindset. Yeah. You thinking that you have to check your phone is being reactive. You're re- and then what happens if you look at your phone? And by the way, you should shut off all your notifications too. So what what if you like look at your phone and all of your notifications are like, click this, yeah. do this, yeah. I you know whatever. Automatically, your brain you get that goes into that fight or flight yeah. mode. It, it's yeah. like holy crap! All right, yeah. I got to take care of this right yeah. now. Now, if we were in the wild. 
I would want that to kick in, but it's only going to kick in if a bear's chasing me, right? Not if I find out that so-and-so commented on my Facebook post. So weird how far things have changed. And I think the big thing, too, uh, around creating a better environment is that it's okay to say no Mm -hmm. to the things you you know will not serve you, right? And we know that it's hard to say no, but start small. Start with small things. And it's it's about your time. Your time is just as important as everyone else's time. So remember, if you have checks and balances, have non-negotiables that you need to do within a certain time frame of your day. If you know someone wants to do something at that time, I can, but I have to do it in a half hour after that because I have to do this and this and this. And so if you're practicing to be more proactive than reactive. And Andrew started talking about some practices that we try to teach people in terms of, you know, reading your favorite book. We talk about quiet time quite a bit, which, which could mean a multitude of things to people. It Mm -hmm. could mean you're spending time in prayer. You're spending time in your favorite book. You're doing meditation. Five minutes and just in quiet, just five minutes in your thoughts, deep breathing, you know, in quiet time, just getting your mind prepared for the day. And those practices are really important and it takes time to build them into a habit. But once you have them into a habit, you're never going to want to not have right. it in there. Yeah. They become non-negotiable. It, it they really beco- do. Almost becomes like missing a workout. Yeah. Yeah. You yeah. like start to feel not guilty is not the word I want to use, but you almost feel like something's missing. You feel anxious. I think you feel very anxious. There's days where we try and do our quiet time and I might have to run out for a client or, you know, something where it kind of sets our schedule off. And so our day might not be going or started the day the way we wanted to. And we realized that we just got to take a minute and take a step back, get through our quiet time first, and then we can move on. And another big factor. So if we're more proactive and we're doing these techniques, Mm -hmm. right, we're trying to incorporate more of that proactive nature first thing in the morning. You may wake up not feeling your best because you didn't get enough sleep the night before. Mm -hmm. Sleep is the most underrated performance enhancer that there is. It seems so simple, yet so many people, I don't want to think, I trend not to think that they don't value it. You know, we've created a culture. It's like, you know, work hard now, sleep later, that type of thing. But sometimes too, I think because of all the stress that you're dealing with, it also hampers your ability to get quality sleep. Yeah, it's hard to shut down and turn off. And I think... I think women, as we age, have an extremely hard time sleeping. I've noticed um, as I've gotten older that my sleep patterns are quite different. And I, I try and go to bed at a decent time every night. Whether or not I fall asleep, that's that's another thing. It's, it's I'll fall asleep and then I might wake up in the you know middle of the night and it's hard for me to go back to sleep. So doing different things to help me prepare for that is extremely important because I know if I don't get enough sleep or good quality sleep, I'll wake up and I'll just be kind of checked out the next day. And that's an important attribute you just talked about is quality sleep. Mm-hmm. So somebody might say, well, I'm in bed for seven to nine hours every night. This doesn't mean it's quality. <laughs> right. Quality sleep means that you are out. Yeah. Like like you are in that deep REM sleep. Yeah. You're dreaming. You're not getting woken up by a cat that's trying to snuggle <laughs> with you like Gizmo does all the time. You know, you have no distractions. And we've talked ad nauseum a couple times about what a proper, you know, sleep environment looks like. And some of the things we touched on, like no blue light exposure, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. making sure that your room is nice and cool. 66 to 67 degrees Fahrenheit is is the optimal temperature. Mm-hmm. Making sure that all ambient light beside your phone is sort of blocked out. So if you have the, that ability to put those shades on. It's so like I have Christmas lights in my house. 
I set my Christmas lights to go off when I'm getting into bed mm-hmm. because even that little bit of light shining yeah. in through the window, automatic. it's not just distracting, but it's interrupting my sleep cycle, yeah. you know, and there are sleep aids out there where I'm not a big proponent on, um, you know, ambient and like the prescription drugs. Yeah. There's a lot of side yeah. effects. Even melatonin kind of messes me up a little bit too. Yeah. But I think the biggest thing is, is trying to control what you can in terms of your environment and where you sleep and putting more of an emphasis. Seven to nine hours of quality sleep is what most people are recommended get to get. And we've talked about before putting in those blue Blue light blocking the glasses. The blue light blocking glasses a couple hours before you go to bed. So I know it in the evening times we're all looking to decompress. So we watch show on TV or we're watching something on our phone or iPad or whatever it might be. Put on those glasses a couple hours before you go to bed just to help your mind trigger that that's not what's going to keep you up. Yeah. So what's end up, what ends up happening then is that your brain and melatonin gets released mm-hmm. and uh, it tells you, okay, it's actually time to go to bed. Mm-hmm. That blue light acts a lot like the sun. There's a reason why we rise with the sun and we go to sleep when it goes down, right? And the whole reason is, is that that blue light is blocking your brain's inability to release melatonin to tell you to go mm-hmm. to sleep. Mm-hmm. And so or it's not melatonin. Um, trying to think of the hormone. Anyway, doesn't matter. Um, but again, the whole point is to let your brain realize that you actually are tired. Mm-hmm. And remember, you're sitting at your in front of your computer most days for a certain number of hours. Then you're sitting in front of the TV or even your phone. It's a lot of screen time. Give those eyes a break. Absolutely. And then the last piece that we want to make sure that you guys uh, take a look at is do the things that you love to do with the people you love to do them with. Like, it seems so simple, but if you constantly think that you have to be on Mm -hmm. and that you constantly have to be under the gun in order to be successful, you're going to burn out very quickly. And I think we've gotten creative about that in this 2020 with it during this pandemic to really reach out to people uh, and either through Zoom, FaceTime, whatever it might be, just to connect with those people again. And I think it's given us a time to really slow down and understand what what is, you know, really our purpose and what's our why. And again, to Andrew's point, it could be as simple during this time where you might be locked up indoors, getting on a Zoom, calling a friend. Like your social health has such a great impact on your mental and physical health as well. We just have to be creative about it right now. Be creative about it. And again, don't always be the person to wait for somebody else to reach out to you. You, Sometimes you need to be that person that reaches out because I guarantee you somebody else is feeling the exact same way that you are. For sure. For sure. So to recap real quick, all the way back to the top, we're talking about metabolic health. Metabolic health is all about feeling younger than what is shown on your license, your passport, whatever. Who doesn't want that? (laughs) Right. Exactly. Everybody wants to feel younger, right? And that doesn't matter if you're 35 or you're 95. Right. You want to feel younger than you are because here's the thing. People not only want a a longer life, a lifespan, but they want a health span as well. And what health span means is that that is a good quality life that when you're in retirement, you can go and do the things you want to do. You can enjoy your retirement. You don't have to feel like you're, you know, caught up in your house because you're, your aches and pains and you're not feeling, you know, good about yourself. And so how do you do that? So first of all, focus around your training. You're going to strength train. Mm -hmm. Typically, 
somewhere around like three days a week, full mm-hmm. body workouts is plenty enough. Mm-hmm. Again, start small and build on from there. Mm-hmm. Movement, mm-hmm. move your body. Mm-hmm. If you find yourself sitting for an entire hour, get up at least five to 10 minutes out of that hour. Do some stretches, walk mm-hmm. around your house, mm-hmm. go outside, get mm-hmm. some sunshine. The more you move, I like to say motion is lotion for the body, right? So the more you move, the more you're lotioning your body and lubricating those joints so that way you don't feel tight and sort of out of place. Yeah, for sure. And then the nutrition piece. Eat nutrient-dense, minimally processed foods. Put an emphasis on protein Mm -hmm. at each meal, at least a palm-sized serving. Hydration. Carry a reusable water bottle with you and make sure that you're eating water-containing foods, Mm -hmm. so like fruits and vegetables. vegetables. Try and not eat out as much so that way you have control of what you're making. Maybe have only one meal during the week that you're eating out for and try and prepare all those other meals. I just remember what the sleep hormone is that gets blocked. Serotonin. Serotonin. So it's not melatonin. It's serotonin. I know it was one of the onins. So those blue light blocking glasses, which is a good Mm -hmm. stress reliever, Mm -hmm. right? So you can get quality sleep. Mm -hmm. That helps you, your brain from getting serotonin blocked. Mm -hmm. Okay. So reducing your stressors. Again, we talked about the example of Barack Obama. That's a really great example. And and again, any any person that's in a high stress job environment, take a look at when they first got there and when they left. Yeah. And you will see how much stress has aged them. Yeah. So we're going to do that, control our stress by controlling your environment. So it could be the place that you live, the people you hang out with, places you eat, shutting off your phone, oh, you know, saying no to something. Think more proactive, less reactive. You are in control of your day. Uh, practice stress-reducing techniques. So maybe incorporating a little bit of quiet time, mm-hmm. even if it's three to five minutes. Yep. Again, we've talked about the Shine uh, podcast Shine app. app. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That is an eight to 12-minute meditation you yeah. can do while it's you're quick. driving. Yeah. Just don't close your yeah. eyes when they tell you to, okay? <laughs> sleep, just talked about it. Making sure that we're getting good quality sleep, seven to nine hours a night. Making sure we've set up the right environment for sleep and that we're not Uh, allowing serotonin to get blocked Mm -hmm. by being on our phone and allowing all that blue light exposure to sort of hamper with our sleeping. Mm -hmm. And then the last thing, guys, is, again, be, do, and be with people. Do things with people that you love to be with. Yes. You know, that's huge. Relationships and social health has a huge impact on your mental and physical health. Reach out to someone today. You know they need it. You need it as much as they do. Absolutely, guys. So... Again, as we're recording this, tomorrow is Christmas Eve. It's Christmas time. Yep. It's Christmas time. It's Christmas what time, time is it? It's, it's Christmas, Christmas time. time. <laughs> um, but we hope you guys uh, hug your family and friends, have a chance to hang out with them. Um, and we can't wait to get into the new year with you guys. Mm-hmm. We have so many great things on the docket. And if you are loving this podcast, we would love for you to leave a review and a five-star rating and sort of give us some ideas about yeah. what you want to hear yeah. or, or have us talk about. Because, you know, the more that you guys give us feedback, the more we can deliver exactly what you guys Absolutely. want. Absolutely. Awesome. So you guys have a Merry Christmas, Happy Hanukkah, and Happy Kwanzaa, and we'll talk to you guys next week. Take care. Thanks for listening to Train, Eat, Repeat. Connect with us on Instagram at fit underscore ferrant or at traineatrepeat.co. Until next time, stay strong, stay healthy.